Welcome to the Riding from the Inside Out, Empowering Our Horse Girl Selves podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Waldo. In this podcast, I talk about how I became a horse girl as a child and why I've returned to being a horse girl as an adult. I discuss what I've learned about why many of us are horse girls, what that inexplicable heart and soul-based force is that draws us to horses like moths to a flame, how I've learned that our relationships with horses can be an opportunity for us as horse girls to empower ourselves at our deepest inner self levels, and how by doing so, we can feel more empowered in all aspects of our lives, including in our riding and our relationships with horses. In this show, I'll share personal stories of my journey to date and how I continue to practice doing this day to day in my relationship with my current horses. I'll also periodically interview other women about how they're empowering themselves as horse girls as well. So join me as we go on this journey of empowering our horse girl selves together. Welcome back to the Riding from the Inside Out podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk about coming back to riding with an older body or just kind of like a longer gap between when you last rode and now. So in order to get started on this topic, I want to kind of paint a picture. So if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me talk about that I got the horse girl bug early on around age five. Um, probably actually it's maybe started around four, four or five. And, and, and then I think it was around six that I started five or six when I actually started riding. Um, and, and then I rode continuously, uh, having many ponies and horses and doing various disciplines um, through to when I went to college. And um, I rode initially Western for fun, just kind of 4-H and then uh, more serious Western. And then I switched to um, hunter equitation stuff, uh, initially just showing locally and then going on to show on more of the A circuit in um, northeastern, kind of like the northeastern part of the U.S. And then I I um, had to quit for college and then I just found my way kind of coming back to horses at various times during college, even though I couldn't afford to officially still ride. I would just kind of like go so long and then kind of come back and go so long and then just be like, I have to ride again. And I'd find myself either stumbling upon a horse that somebody needed to ride or just taking a lesson and and then taking a few lessons or even um, when I was in college over the summer, um, I did that where I kind of got the horse bug. I was living at the beach uh, waiting tables and I ended up working for a Grand Prix show jumper, schooling her her horses. Um, and she really wanted me to quit college and work for her. And I, I really didn't feel like I could do that because if anything happened, you know, this was my chance for college. So I've had periods of, you know, going away and coming back. Um, and I kind of always jumped, you know, kind of back into it. Um, as a matter of fact, even when, um, after having been not riding for a few years and then right after I graduated, I went to Europe and, um, was backpacking around Europe. And then a series of events happened that caused me to stay in Rome, Italy and kind of settle down there and kind of get a job 
Um, and I ended up getting the horse bug there. And I even started riding in the center of Rome um, with a stable and took a lesson in Italian that I didn't speak Italian, um, but started riding and just kind of, you know, I think it was like that very first day I started jumping, like the instructor's like, let's just take some fences <laughs> um, in the bits of language that I could understand after living in Rome for a while. And I was able to understand what he was saying and, and whatever. So all of those times were times in which I could kind of like, I don't know, I would say like, within the same day or a short period of time, kind of, um, kind of pretty much get back to riding the way that kind of where I had left off. So it was almost like picking it back up. So then a big gap happened. And then um, I didn't do any riding from probably around age 24, 24-ish, I would say, 24, 25, until I was about 20, I think it was like 29 or 30. And um, I started riding, I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I started riding um, in Silicon Valley, at first one barn, and then uh, more like a hunter equitation oriented barn. And then I switched to a jumper barn, where I was able to lease a horse. Um, And, you know, and then I was doing a lot of riding there, because I was leasing a horse. And even with that, um, I pretty quickly, you know, kind of came back, uh, even though the gap had been bigger. So then, there was a big gap. I did not really want to quit riding at that point, but I was commuting kind of like one to two hours each way to the barn. Um, I really couldn't see how to live in the San Francisco Bay Area. I, um, I think I was living in the city at the time, or maybe I was living in Marin County and commuting to uh, down the peninsula. Um, And traffic was crazy and work was busy and just, you know, the idea of like being able to buy a house and start a family and all of that was kind of like in the back of my mind, let alone buying a horse and a really expensive horse and getting all into horses the way that I thought that I would want to get into because of the way that I had you know, it's what I, it's why I went to college, to be honest, I went to college thinking, I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to get, you know, an education. And then I'm going to be able to get a job and be able to come back to horses. And I did come back to horses, you know, as I mentioned a few different times, but I don't know, it never kind of clicked in. And when I was 29 or 30, um, when I was leasing a horse, it ended up that we started to have, um, you know, we went into kind of a period of of the dot-com crash and everything kind of slowed down in the San Francisco Bay Area and um, work was challenging and it it was kind of a crazy time and it was not a time to be now you know, getting into a really expensive sport or continuing. There were some things that happened with the horse that I was leasing, um, that she had some, um, soundness issues and some kind of not good fits with the trainer that ended up happening due to some, um, miscommunications. I'll be kind and say miscommunications, um, between him and me and me still paying for the horse and what was expected and, and, and all of that. Um, and it ended up that it just made sense for me to stop. And I thought that, you know, I would come back to it, but it didn't happen. Um, you know, things were more challenging. Other things kind of went on. I started other businesses. I went in other directions. I always had the horse passion 
And I always had it within me. And if anybody would talk to me, I'd be like, oh, you know, I, I knew how much it affected my entire life. But it wasn't until we moved to Montana that I could even conceive of horses coming back into my world in a way that I knew would kind of not kill me again because the idea of getting back in and riding a little bit and then stopping again I honestly just didn't think I could do it again I didn't think I could just do that um like at a heart level like it was just gonna kind of kill me um because it was so painful uh and so I was just like all right well I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna do horses um and so you know I went on to have back issues and have back surgery and, and, and then managed to make it through that. And then, um, you know, I had, I had gotten married before that and my dad had died and oh my gosh, so much stuff going on. And then I ended up having kids and we had stuff going on with having kids. And then I had health issues. My kids had health issues and I had health issues and I navigated through all of that. And then my mom had health issues and she died within a year of getting sick. And oh my gosh, we ended up moving, um, back to the San Francisco Bay Area after living in Pennsylvania, after my dad died, uh, so we could be closer to my mom. But when my mom died, we were like, well, there's no reason to be living in Pennsylvania anymore. Um, and, uh, and so we moved back to California, which meant more expenses and other stuff going on with my kids and yada, 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 yada. My point is a lot of time passed and a lot of life passed, a lot of experiences, a lot of things that I now talk about that I would not have, um, I don't have that I, I don't think that I would have the same awarenesses about things had I not had those other life experiences. So then fast forward to 2021, we um, well, 2020, we thought we were going to move to Montana and then it didn't work out. And then 2021, we were like, okay, we're really going to make this happen. And we embarked on an adventure. And by 2022, January, um, we had purchased a house and, um, we were, you know, closing on it. And, uh, and then we moved to Montana and that house, um, it turns out, you know, the Montana, there's just a lot of horses. A lot of people have horses, just kind of like, they don't even seem to do anything with them or you don't ever really see them doing anything, but it's like, there's a lot of horses. So I kind of thought, oh, that's interesting. Well, we ended up getting a property with just under five acres, which hadn't been part of the plan, but we fell in love with this property and it kind of got me thinking. And, um, it ended up that it ended up that we had someone tell me about a farm up the road that, um, I ended up deciding to take a riding lesson at just to get back into it. And, you know, the reason I'm going into all of this is not because I want to just blah, blah, blah about my story, but I want you to understand kind of like where I was mentally and emotionally. Um, because I think that if you're listening to this episode, this particular one, you probably have taken some kind of break from riding and then you're coming back and you might be coming back with a different body, you know, and maybe it's a, maybe you last rode when you were 17 or you were 21 and now you're 28, or maybe it was a lot longer of a gap like me. Um, you know, it was a lot longer of a gap. It was pretty much a 20 year gap of not riding and a 30 year gap of not owning a horse and then coming back. And so I remember when I first started, you know, decided to call up this, this 
barn up the street and say, Hey, you know, I want to, I want to take a lesson and just kind of see how I feel. And I remember in my head, literally kind of being so excited and, and, and just kind of like seeing the potential that this is something now that I could actually embark on. My kids were older, we had property, you know, we had some financial resources um, that would mean that I could explore this in ways I hadn't before. It just seemed like there were some doors that were open. And, and yet, it was like, all these crazy things, like, how do you like, I I could remember feeling like, okay, how to, you know, how to, um, how to get my correct diagonal, how to like feel coming out of the turn and feel and know what a distance of a, of a fence is that's coming up and how to adjust my horse's stride. You know, it's like I had all that feeling still within me, um, of a lot of things, but there are things that like I forgot, like, um, I think I know how to put a bridle on. Um, I'm sure I could probably figure it out. How do you put like, um, like just stupid things, like how to put a blanket on and, you know, how to make sure the bridle is, you know, how to make sure like what hole to do the throat latch and all that. Like it, once I did it, it came back to me. But initially, it was almost like it was in this different library that I hadn't been in in a long time. And I could get into that library. And then it would all, all these books would be available to me, the books being the knowledge and the memories of what to do. But, but it was almost like I had to kind of like step in the library to get it back. (laughs) And so it was like these first days of just being like, trying to remember what it is I had done for so long, because I hadn't just ridden, I had trained, you know, ponies and horses and taken on problem ponies and horses and young um, ponies and horses. And I had taught other beginners how to ride and you know, all of that. I wasn't just like, get on a pony that had been trained for me or a horse that had been trained for me and I rode and then I gave up. That's not the kind of horse girl that I had been. Um, I I had, didn't have that option. I, I came from the school of hard knocks horse girl world um, because my parents didn't have a lot of money and I had to kind of like figure a lot of stuff out on my own if I wanted to ride and if I wanted to be around horses. And so that's what I did. But yet remembering all of that was a little like, oh my gosh. And one of the biggest things that, um, you know, I kind of experienced because um, I had actually been really fit up until um, 2020. 2020, um, we had moved into, we had spent a period of time in our RV and I had gone from doing spinning classes like three to five days a week, um, you know, intensely, like really intense classes, um, not the easy ones, but like really going at it, um, to not working out, uh, at all because we were spending time and, and living for a period of time in an RV and we barely had space for anything. So I was kind of doing walking and stuff like that. I was changing my, um, exercise regime to, a very different one. So I had kind of like an older body, uh, a not as in shape body. Um, I have had back surgery. So I've had a lot of awareness of, you know, what it's like when you can't walk because you have had back pain. Cause I had a long period of time where I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to have kids or walk or, or anything. Um, so going through that and being like, gosh, can I, you know, can I do the kind of riding I used to do? Um, or can I do any kind of riding, you know, and, and 
am I going to be okay with my back if, if I fall? I mean, I knew I was okay riding, but what if I fall? And so there was a lot of stuff, not to mention the fact that just happens when you are older, you're more aware of things, right? Like you're just more aware of the possibilities. So that's where I was coming, you know, to it. And at the same time, I was going through this whole experience of having to remember things that I knew that I didn't remember that I knew, that I forgot or that I hadn't really been aware of that I had as kind of like innate gifts that I had developed within myself that I didn't realize not everybody was doing. Like one of the things was, um, I didn't realize, uh, I didn't really realize I did discover this a bit in California, but like I had grown up, um, when I switched to, to English to hunter and equitation, I didn't realize that I had had such a strong foundation in like fundamentals Um, fundamentals of kind of like the basics of dressage and fundamentals where, I mean, I didn't learn to jump until, I mean, I rode without irons for a long period of time and made sure it's just the way I was taught that you, you had a solid leg and you're, you, you were independent from your hands. Now, I had already been riding Western for a long time before I switched to English. So I already had a lot of stuff and I was able to make that transition quickly, but I still made the transition and I still had that foundation. So when I went back to riding, one of the things that I had happened was a lot of like waking up to what I had already known um, and kind of like things that I thought everybody else already or always did and realizing that wasn't the case, um, kind of realizing the depth of my knowledge and the breadth of my knowledge and my experience. And that was taking a lot of kind of like, um, awareness, you know, and then you throw in like having had back issues and having had changes and now I have kids and, you know, I mean, there's just different things that you have. So I think I've painted a pretty good picture of where I was at emotionally, but here are the things that I wish, I so wish somebody had told me that um, I want to share <laughs> because I spent a lot of time kind of going in circles, feeling like I was just on a wheel of circles, spinning and spinning and spinning and feeling frustrated and feeling upset and not really, I don't know. It's like, if I could save you that time, if I could save you that experience, I want to do it because I wish someone had done it for me. So one of the first things <laughs> is um, feeling like I had to get my body back before I could do anything, you know, kind of fun. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that I needed to like that I should have just, you know, that I could have like, without having my fitness level back or my skill back or whatever, that I should go out and jump fences or jump three, six or anything like that. Or, or, you know, if if you're listening and you're a barrel racer, go out and suddenly like do the pattern or whatever. I'm not talking about that kind of thing, but I spent a lot of time feeling like I had to keep kind of like, it was like I kept trying to get back to the fitness level of what I had been when I was, you know, 17 or even 22 when I was riding for the Grand Prix barn. 
maybe I was 24. No, I think 22, 24. I don't know. It was a while back now. So um, I could get the numbers wrong, but some, some point in my early twenties, you know, sometime in that window, you know, I still had a very different body than I did at 30 or that I have now, even, you know, even, or the body that I had in 2020, um, and 2021 or 2020, I guess when I was still spinning like five days doing spinning classes, five days a week, you know, and I was also working out at the gym. Um, like I wish someone had told me, Michelle, do not worry about feeling like your job is to get back to where you were. Because I kept, I kept riding and kind of trying to get my fitness level back. And I kept riding and trying to kind of like get my body to do things that um, my body kind of wasn't ready to do. And I think that, you know, my body was also listening a lot to a lot of uh, other stuff kind of going on through my head uh, because of all the stuff that I painted as, as the picture of what I was going through. And to be honest, I spent a lot of time just riding in circles, kind of like going nowhere, not having a lot of fun, spending a lot of money on lessons that um, just because I thought that that would give me an opportunity to do that. Um, and it really was not serving me. I wish someone had said to me what I just said. And if someone had said to me what I just said, I would have directed, you know, the riding opportunities that I had when I first started, you know, riding um, back. I would have, I would have done things differently with the people that I was riding with. So initially I was riding with um, kind of more of a hunter equitation oriented person um, on, you know, whatever horses they had. And then, um, and then when I got my horse, because he's young, um, and he was off the track and I felt like my fitness level was not, and I wasn't jumping at the level that I had wanted to be, I started working with another trainer that had more of a dressage kind of focus. And I started riding a horse of hers that was you know, older and more experienced with the idea that I would do riding on my young guy and then also ride her horse to try to get my fitness level up on her horse and then also be able to then start training with and you're working with my my younger guy. And I ended up just wasting a lot of time and spending a lot of money, to be honest, and not feeling really good about what happened in any of it. I wish that I had directed my own time more. And I could have done more fun things like, you know, instead of trying to get myself to the place where I felt like um, my fitness level was up, or I felt like I started to have more, um, you know, more like, leg strength or being able to kind of like really sit the cancer in a way that, um, you know, was kind of at the height of what I was doing when I was winning equitation classes against some top riders in the Northeastern part of the United States, which is kind of what my standard was that I felt like I needed to get back to. I wish I had had the permission or given myself the permission to say, screw that, I am in a different place and it is okay that I'm in a different place and I'm going to just do things that are fun. And that doesn't mean that I was going to, you know, get on a horse and start jumping three foot or three six or whatever. Um, if I didn't feel comfortable or, or whatever doing that, 
but it could mean that I could do fun things like, um, like I could have decided that I was just going to set up a course of, um, ground poles and start, you know, working over them and start, you know, just having fun as opposed to just kind of grinding along thinking if I can just get to this other place, then I can do the good stuff. It's, and this is such, uh, such a big conversation because it doesn't just apply to our writing, but it, it really does in this particular episode. But in my life, what I've discovered in understanding about our own energy and our own consciousness and empowerment and all of the things that I've learned about our own awareness is that Anytime we're trying to get something to, like we're trying to get to some place to then get some kind of reward um, or award or to some destination to then get something that we think we want versus taking it from right where we're at and allowing ourselves to be right where we're at and embracing right where we're at. Anytime I've ever tried to go to that destination to get something and then think things could be good, it has never, ever, ever served me. And I talked about this a bit in episode 10 because I was talking about travel and and um, your time at the barn and, and, and all of that. And, and it applies to riding, you know, in so many ways. And it also specifically applies to this episode when you've been away from riding and you're coming back. Because I realized that I spent a lot of money um, and I spent a lot of time and a lot of time kind of starting to feel or feeling like things didn't feel good and they felt off, but I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know how else to go about it. Um, and I wish that, I wish that I'd have been able to hear what I'm saying now, which is let go of needing to be the version of you that you were when you think you were at the height of your riding. Just let it go. Um, just let yourself be and embrace where you are right now. Now this applies, I found, not just to people who are coming back to riding, but to everybody because it can benefit everybody. But in this particular episode, I'm talking more about if you've been away from riding or you're coming back after a big long break from riding and you have kind of like, you know, you're older or you have a different body or maybe you have different fears or you've had other scares or experiences or things in between, right? So that's kind of the focus on this episode. But if you can allow yourself to embrace where you are and to just kind of be honest with yourself about where you are right now. First of all, just doing that versus fighting against it, it's like it just gives you some oxygen. It's like it just gives you some breathing room. You know, you're not like, oh, I've got to be back to this version of me that I was because here's this thing. And I have this passion and I know what it can be like and I want to get back there. I want to get back there. I want to get back there with this fitness level. I want to get back there with feeling the connection with my horse. I want to get back there with feeling the strength in my leg. I want to get back there with my eye with over fences or I want to get back there with the confidence or the connection or the feeling that I had, especially if you've had those experiences at different times in your writing life. And you're like, I want to get back there. And then it does not 
serve you to do that. And if you can just say, here's where I'm at now. I'm embracing where I'm at now. I'm letting myself be where I'm at now. And I'm delighting in it. It doesn't mean kind of like not owning the power of what you know about riding or of horses. You you don't have, you know, when you know horses and you know riding, it does not go away. It is still in you. It may take some time to kind of like just or a little being around it to kind of remember it like what I was talking about it's like having access to this other library with all this knowledge but you may kind of have to walk in that other library and then have kind of be like oh right I remember that okay now I have that oh right I remember that okay you know but if you can just allow yourself to be where you are and be okay And then when you do that, there's this freedom that happens. And when you do that, kind of ask yourself a question. What could be really fun right now? If I'd have done that, I wouldn't have spent so much darn time circling around, trying to get my fitness level back or trying to, you know, get XYZ, ABC, I mean, there's a whole list of things that I kept trying to get back to that it's like in the trying to get back to it, I never even saw what it was I already had. I'm going to repeat that. In the trying to get back to, I didn't even let myself see what I already had because I was so focused. I've since come back into the world of horses and realized that there is so much that I knew that I learned about horses that I didn't even realize I learned that people are just now learning. I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that because I was so busy focusing on trying to get back to what I think was some certain destination that I didn't realize what I already had in me. And this really comes down to an appreciation of yourself as you are where you are now. And if you can find that feeling and give yourself permission, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like, it's like, it's like you just can can feel this relaxation or this tension releasing from your body. That is empowerment. That is owning your energy and knowing how to flow it. That is empowering yourself. That is where the awareness of what you have known and what you knew as a rider, that's where it actually can come back. And it comes back in a flowing way and a beautiful way. It was in my rides with my young guy where I just kind of like said, screw it. I'm just going to go out and I'm just going to ride him and I'm just going to follow what is happening 
and what I'm feeling and what he's feeling like because I'm going to tune into him and where he's at. That writing started to be just this amazing experience of connection and of flow and of just feeling centered within myself and with my horse. And it's also all of that that I had always done that wasn't just about riding that I've also done a lot of without any riding at all you know with just taking care of my horses with just taking them from one pasture to the other or just hanging out with them without doing any riding with just being with them Because this practice of learning how to be present in all things and just be okay with where you are, it serves all aspects of your horse. And I talked about this in episode 10 that, you know, your horses get really excited when you're in that kind of a place. They get really excited and they do. I've experience this time and time and time again. But I wish someone had told me this about my riding. I wish someone had talked to me the way I'm talking to you now to give you encouragement to give yourself permission to be where you are, wherever you are where you are and wherever, whenever you are. (laughs) It's kind of a lot of W's, but really it's about stopping and not thinking about getting back to or getting ahead to. But where are you right now? Where are you right now? Tuning into that. Where's your horse right now? And then allowing the information to come to you. Information is often, you know, it's like our own inner guidance that comes out of nowhere with a thought or a feeling when we get into this place. When we get into this place of not kind of trying to get back to the past or push forward to the future and get to some other destination, when we become present in the here and the now, we move into a place with our own energy flow. And it serves us. It serves us with our riding. It serves us with our horses. And it feels good. And as I was saying, if if I had had someone talk to me about these kinds of things, um, you know, it, it there's so many cool things that could have come to me, that came to me after when I started to realize this, like, like I was saying about, you know, I could have just set up a bunch of poles on the ground, um, if I wasn't feeling comfortable jumping, and just make a little course of ground poles, and we're just walking over them. But I'm practicing things like, you know, I'm practicing, I'm practicing things that I think are cool. Or, or just instead of like, you know, trying to get my leg strength to be able to kind of trot longer and feel like I have like a solid lower leg, starting to trot out in the pasture, just 
going from one end to the pasture to another for the fun of it, for just the fun of it. Um, just doing that with my horse. These are the things that I learned to do when I was a kid that, um, before I kind of got into like serious showing and lessons and all that, I learned to do this kind of stuff. I learned to kind of have fun. And this is what became a foundation of the partnerships that I created with horses and ponies that I rode. And why I really feel like I was able to take, you know, a pony or a horse that no one was able to do very much with or that had just been sitting there. And then that pony or horse would kind of be like something that suddenly people would be like, well, where did that pony or horse come from? And it came from this kind of approach. This kind of approach, approach, which is about being in the here and now and being okay being in the here and now with every moment and allowing as you practice this and give yourself permission to do this more what it is is you open yourself up to kind of hear um, these little ideas like well maybe I should try that that would be kind of fun and like listening to that like I'll just trot over to the mailbox and learning how to give yourself permission to what actually comes to you like that because that's the stuff that actually serves you in your riding ultimately it's what builds that kind of connection with your horse and the connection with yourself and you have fun in the process you enjoy it Now, I could go on and on and on and on about this. There's so many cool ideas that I have about, about things related to riding and ways in which that I um, kind of like would do it now uh, that I'm sure I'll talk more about in this podcast. But I just want to let what I've talked about so far, just kind of like sit. Because I talked about this in episode 10. There's a lot of stuff that we can listen to and go, yeah, 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 I'm going to do that. And then we don't do it. Or we kind of forget to do it. And this is something I'm very aware of, because I'm always amazed at how much I commit to practicing stuff and yet I still see how much I am kind of calling myself to practice it in more aspects of my life more and more and I have that opportunity to do it. So basically my point is Talk is cheap. Thoughts and just concepts and ideas can be cheap. Practicing it. Practicing and taking time for the intentionality of just letting yourself be is where the gold is. And as you do it, you can find yourself doing it more and more and it becomes easier and more natural and more by default. And so to you, listener, if you're tuning into this because you've been away from riding and you've recently come back or you're thinking of coming back, 
I encourage you to just let this sit in, kind of like marinate. And then see if you can bring your awareness to it when you're at that lesson or you're on your horse again. Maybe starting by just breathing and reminding yourself. And then letting yourself kind of be in this state of just not needing anything to be a certain way for you to get back to what you were or for you to get ahead to what you think you need to get ahead to. And you just allow yourself to be where you're at right now and embrace it. Because I promise that is where the gold is. Really. That's where the magic is. So I will end on that note until the next time. I'm so glad you tuned into today's episode of the Riding from the Inside Out Empowering Our Horse Girl Selves podcast. If you're enjoying this show, hit the subscribe button and share this episode with others. To connect with me, visit me on my YouTube channel at Riding from the Inside Out, where I share videos of how I practice empowering my horse girl self by embracing my daily horse girl life, the ups, the downs, all of it. You can also connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Riding from the Inside Out. To learn more about me and my other offerings, visit my website at michellewaldo.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-W-A-L-D-O.com.